0: Really, Calvin? That's how you want to start off the podcast? Would you clear your throat? Oh leg?
1: crap! I, I didn't realize you
0: record straight into the mic, my friend. <laughs> uh,
1: I didn't realize you record. My bad.
0: <laughs> but anyway, welcome to another episode of the Traveling Hoopers Podcast. I am your host, Alan Pettygrove Jr., and in front of me is my good friend Calvin McGowan. Calvin, let the people hear your melodic voice.
1: What's up, everybody? I'm, As you said, I'm Calvin McGowan Join, um, here once again. Um, and as always, it's a pleasure.
0: All right. Let's go ahead and get into the less fun things that are going on in the NBA. Let's talk about all the coaching openings. Like, everybody is clearing house. Shout out to the Dallas Mavs, who are GM-less and head coachless. Um, congratulations to Portland for being coachless and looking for somebody else. Uh, and they're actually probably the most exciting one, considering the names that are floating around with Chauncey Billups and Becky Hammond. And uh, Calvin, you had a really good point on how you see this coaching race going. going go ahead and give it to you.
1: So it's my understanding that um, Becky Hammond is one of the finalists for the position at Portland, and I'm not sure how I feel about it. Not like it. I-don't-think-she-can-coach way, but just in like a... The thing is, like she, if she, like she, if she gets the job, right, and like they're trash next year, or the year after, because like it would kind of make sense because they were trash this year. Um, like she's, like a lot of people are probably going to be blaming her. The GM is certainly more likely to blame her than to blame himself because you know he's not going to say he doesn't need a job anymore. Right. Um, but. It's just a thing where, but it's also a thing where, like, especially given it's a roster that doesn't have a whole lot of roster flexibility because of, you know, the all the money that's tied up. It's not a great roster. You got one great player, one really good player, whatever Nurkic is at this point. Um,
0: yeah, I mean, you're being nice by saying not a great roster. You can say <laughs> it. This roster is bad.
1: It's, it's, yeah, it's not. It's not good. It's like they have mellow, but, like, it's not mellow of old, and he hasn't been mellow of old for a long time now. Um, and I think Anthony Simons is still on the roster. I don't think that means much, though. I like Simon's
0: game. He, he's developed as a shooter, you know, 6'6". Six, six. I can let him run the guard, but nah, he's not a savior whatsoever.
1: Okay. Um, but, like, also a general hesitation, I would... Granted, you know, it's her life, and if she gets it, hopefully they're successful, even though, like, a lot of her success will have nothing to do with her and whether or not she's any good at her job, but, um, just, like, because, you know, they're trash, and they blame her, right? It'll be used as, any, as a reason not to hire more female coaches, like, more female head coaches. Like if she Like, if she gets the job, and they do poorly, and she gets blamed because... Coaches tend to get blamed for these things. Um, Yeah.
0: I'm going to be real with you. I kind of hope she gets this job, regardless of, like, whatever happens, just for um, tenure reasons, and it would make for a great story. And realistically speaking, if you were blaming Becky Hammond on the Portland Trailblazers not doing well, that simply means you just turned on the NBA, like, the minute she got hired. Because this has not been a good roster for a while. Like, the last time that they were really spectacular as a team was 2018 when they had wing defenders. I always feel like I keep harping back on this because I was covering the league during that time, but they don't have anybody that can really defend. Like, CJ and Dame have gotten better at defending, but nobody else has. And I guess they brought Robert comfort in for that, but like, they're, like you were saying, that cap space is tied up in a way that they're not going to be able to move much to or bring in any new talent. So any blame that their new coach receives is almost stupid. Like, like even if you're the GM and you got to point a finger at somebody, what's that old saying? You point one finger and four point back at you, even though it's three? But, yeah, like, that's, that's what you got to deal with. actually leads me to, to thinking what I was saying earlier, but uh, I don't think the Supermax is going to be a fruitful thing for, like, NBA teams. Like, the way it ties up your money, unless your roster was already stacked with, like, younger dudes who are still on their rookie contract, you are in trouble. Like, I mean, I
1: assume... It's not great. It's like just, but it's like, I think the reason it exists, right? is just like, you know, trying to keep big name, like your big name players and like your quote unquote smaller markets and what have you. But like, I don't know. There are like, there are other things that players care about besides, I mean, like, there are dudes like Melo who just like, just went ahead and got the biggest amount of money he could while he could. But like, for example, OKC having the Supermax back when, like, KD left wouldn't have kept KD there. Nah. Um, because there are reasons that players move that aren't money. And, like, the thing is, right, you you get an NBA contract, especially if you, are like, especially make a second contract, you're, like unless you're just blowing through money, you don't have to worry about money for real. And so, like then they look at other things, you know, where would I like to live? Where would, or like what gives me the best chance to win? How do like what's the easiest? Like what will give me the best chance to get a ring? And,
0: yeah.
1: and like that doesn't always work because you know only one per only one team can can win it all a year. That's that's just how that's just how it goes. But like, those other things matter. And while the Supermax could be kind of helpful, the issues is then kind of hamstrings your ability to, like, get them help to do the things that really keep stars around. Um, And, and it's... Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. No, man, you're right. Like, it's way
0: more hurtful than it is helpful. But, uh, again, to actually get back to what we were talking about. The fact that we're this far where we – in Portland is really trying to make this look good by having uh, Chauncey Billups, a black man and first-time head coach, and Becky Hammond. Like, they're they're really going for a whole restart here and – I just need them to do the right thing and do right by these people because I'm gonna be hot if, if we two years into it, if either of them is being blamed. Uh, even if, from like a media perspective, it, it just won't make sense whatsoever. But yeah, man, another good coaching job that's gonna be up for grabs is the Dallas Mavs, and they're a little bit in the same situation. Like they gotta, they got a little bit of time before Luca's getting that super max money so they can still make some moves. But uh, that Kristaps Porzingis contract and just, like, the rest of that roster in general uh, was going to be a fun thing to work around. And I got a quick question for you. I keep hearing about how bad this Mavericks roster is. I personally don't think it's the worst thing ever. Like, they have pieces. They're not, like, championship bound, but that's only, like, four or five teams every year.
1: Okay, so hmm, that's true. I'm a, I'm gonna get away from that a little. Just talk about the more generally because like the situation sounds kind of like a dumpster fire. Yeah. Um, for anybody unaware, basically, so um, the Mavericks apparently let go of their GM, and as a result of this, their longtime head coach, who I guess has been there more or less the entire time that GM has, um, resigned. And so now they're without a GM and a head coach because they're be, because the owner, Mark Cuban, is apparently friends with some dude who made his money on, like, crypto and, like, betting and, like, gambling.
0: Sports gambling, baby. Yeah,
1: sports gambling. And he was apparently dictating everything, um, including, like, telling Rick Carsley what rotations to make and stuff. Rick Carlisle. I'm going to let you slide, though. Pratt. It may have been at third. Dang it! Dang it. <laughs> <His name> right, <laughs> uh, Rick Carlisle. Um, like what rotations to make, and like I say, it seems like a mess because like, and I'd make the argument that they're in a worse position than Portland, and like Portland's main issue. When, I guess because you don't, you don't think highly of the coach, but once you get rid of the coach, the main issue is that like the roster's trash and Dame's contract is too big to get them help to get him help for real. Um but the issue here is it's like I'm not sure how many coaches or GMs you're going to get who who are going to want a dude who made his money on sports betting and cryptocurrency to tell them how to do their job. Especially not any of the ones with any like hardware, any like real like reputation behind their names. Um and like it just it seems like it's going to be a mess for like it's, this sounds like a thing to me is it will probably be a mess for a long time like it might not be like they could just get some get some folks and keep rolling but it's just I don't know.
0: I'm gonna be real with you, the dude, the because I I heard the story and I read it on the athletic. The dude's been there. Sent, about as long as Luca has been there, and um, I get it. They were in a transition period when Luca was coming in. That's how they got Luca. The next year, more of the same. Uh, we didn't really have Porzingis like that. But um, I think after this year, if they still kind of suck, and this is like super Luca Doncic show, um, I'm not sure why Buddy's there. Like if Luca does not like him, and other people are not fond of him, it almost seems like he got to go. That seems like a pretty easy fix at the end of the day. Like, like you're not really bringing a ton of value, and it sounds like they he's there for like that. Um, the analytics, the future of basketball. Like this is how things work. but it's like what I keep like hear heard from, like, different podcasts and whatnot, like, Sam Samson is, like, it's the people stuff that they keep missing. <laughs> and, like, it's great that the numbers work and everything fits, but that's not how humans work. They're not just, like, robotic functions that you can just hope that they tune in every single day. Like, we have anomalies all the time. Like, the Rockets missing 26 three-pointers in a row. Like, when certain stuff like that happens, you can't look at the numbers... All the time. And uh, this seems like a dude that might be looking at the numbers a little too much for people to be like, especially for professional athletes to be like, you know what? You should really tell me what to do. Like, I prefer you leave me alone. And I feel like that's the vibe that they're currently giving. And he got to go if that's the case.
1: I mean, like, yeah, it was my understanding that, you know, the GM didn't like him. Carlisle didn't like him. Luca didn't like him. What did I say his name wrong again? No,
0: you said it. you said it right. Okay,
1: cool. It, <laughs> and so it's kind of like then, like why, why does he get to do things?
0: Because Mark Cuban likes him, and it's like, hey, you don't you don't suit up for the team either. You, I know you bankrolling this thing, but you shooting from the sideline will not improve your record. You should like, probably listen to the people.
1: And it's like the the thing with, I, I guess there's a thing with like analytics or like just looking at nothing but the numbers is like the thing with the numbers, right? Is they can tell you what's going on, but they can't tell you why, right? It's just like, oh, uh, we suck on defense, Like it's like, oh, we we're, we're like we're trash on defense. It's just like, okay. So, how do we fix that? And, like, often to- and like, sometimes numbers can give you an idea about that, not so much with defense, because, like, the defense analytics are iffy. Um, But, like, just kind of generally, like, they can help guide what you do, but they can't be relied upon because they, cause they give more of a what's going on and not so much a how. They're and so- if you have a dude just being like, all right, we're going to follow the numbers, you're going to get some funky stuff and uh, and because of the nature of these things plenty of it's probably not going to work and even if it does like you're some dude who just won money gambling like why should i listen to you (laughs) hey look the
0: numbers things got us to the process so like
1: maybe it's worth a try yeah but like the, the whole numbers thing with that is that they were actively trying to suck it's easy to suck. You don't need the numbers to tell you how to suck. <laughs> like, you don't. Just, That's just get rid of it. Just get rid of every dude you know can can be on an NBA roster. Fill it with G-leaguers for a little while. And don't fire your coach because, like, he's just kind of stuck there helping you at that point. Like, he's just kind of there. You're just kind of giving him a paycheck. But, like, Yeah.
0: Yeah, I Alvin, mean, I'm going to be real with you. I feel like we've talked about two destitute franchises back-to-back in Superstars who I am praying for on the daily that their situations get better because I know the boys is frustrated. Like, Dame is a certified killer, uh, but he needs someone else. And at the, bare, at the bare minimum, he needs a defensive anchor. And then Luka is doing his best LeBron James impression where he's basically dragging his roster alone against like top tier guys. But when we look at everything else, it's kind of like this is Cleveland Jr. esque. Like <laughs> like all over you, where we got like somebody in the front office who is saying dumb stuff to the best player on your team. It's like, hey, you we've seen this before. You don't have to like continue to shoot yourself in the foot.
1: Yeah, but if Luca leaves, he's not coming back to get a ring. So oh, they're just I, SOL at that point.
0: That might be more disappointing, if anything. But, um, Calvin, speaking of disappointments, let's move on to the 76ers. God, okay. All right. Um, I'm going to be real with you. I think the situation with Ben Simmons is going to be very interesting because I'm just seeing how people reacted. So like Balasal, did you see the uh the video of like the Philly fan like cussing out Ben Simmons and then they like like four other dudes appear where they're like stumping on this jersey and somebody's like burn
1: it burn this jersey. It's like what? you no, I didn't see that. Yeah. That sounds that sounds wild. It is. It is super wild. And the, like I
0: I get it. That as a Philly fan thing where you're just really super into it. But that's that's catastrophic behavior. And I imagine that that is not good for Ben Simmons as someone who we're already seeing like on the court. He's not freezing up, but he clammed up. Like he wasn't really aggressive to go down the stretch in game seven. Like he was avoiding trying to shoot free throws, and almost in a way where I'm like, is that is that the scheme? Is that, like, the, a Doc Rivers telling him to, like, slow down, even though it doesn't make sense in that situation? Like, it
1: just... I well, I'm so, like, I just have a hard time thinking that Doc, just because my... So, like, even though, like, I didn't really pay much attention to it, I know there was, like, a clip going around where he passed up, like, a wide-open dunk or something. Yeah, and it's just, like... And so, like, that's the kind of thing that makes me... It's, like... it. I can't really think it's the coach because I don't. I don't think there's. no I don't know the exact situation, but I, you'd be hard pressed to convince me the like, coach is going to tell you to pass up a wide open dunk, right? Yeah. Like any coach, even even um, the ones that don't believe in mid range shot, like no, take the dunk. See, and I agree with you on that.
0: My only thing is, is like, I don't think I've ever seen a. NBA player outside of maybe James Harden where he kind of like he not he didn't quit but he kind of like stepped outside of the game like where he was on the court but he didn't look like he was there and it almost seemed like the same thing with Ben Simmons in that last game where was just kind of like Like you're still being helpful and you're still flying around on the defensive end, but the soon as your hands get on that rock on the offensive end, it's kinda like, who's open? Like, and I I get that. But what is what is your fear with the dunk though? Like at the at the bare minimum, that is a that is an and one. And if you miss that one singular free throw, mm, it's not that big of a deal.
1: Especially if you made the dunk. Uh, I mean it might just be a mental thing, right? Like, exactly what the mental issue is, I wouldn't be able to tell you. Maybe it's connected to the whole reason he doesn't take jumpers ever. Um, I, I don't know. Right. So you remember there was, like, mumbles about,
0: like, him being the best player in the league if he d- ever develops a jump shot? Let's say that never happens. What do we have to do? Do we just have to make Ben Simmons like the ultimate role player, like I super, mean, super I mean, Draymond? I'm like that's a bit. Ve- I don't. Hmm. I don't. I don't know why I would use Draymond Green as like a. Like he at least
1: helps on the offensive end.
0: But I guess I Ben does no passer
1: right, but 'cause because like the thing is right, an aggressive Ben Simmons, which apparently is a fairly rare thing to glimpse in real life, but. An aggressive Ben Simmons is still a problem offensively even without the jump shot, right? And but like he's basically never aggressive offensively. And while I couldn't tell you why that is, maybe he 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 is maybe he is in sight, maybe Doc knows something. Like I assume these folks know something that we don't. But like it's one of them things where it's just like a hey, um, slight modification in mentality could all, like, could be enough to make him, like, a problem for real. Even without the jump shot. The problem is that, like, he's not, like, like a, he's not aggressive enough consistently enough. That doesn't mean he has to, that doesn't mean and it's somebody who, like, likes good passing, that doesn't mean he has to stop passing the ball. That would be terrible if he did, but, like, yeah. you know, looking for his own shot, attacking the rim, um, in in transition doing those quick little post ups against dudes half your size like these are things he should probably be doing consistently so, so do you have to move him off the ball then if that's the case uh hmm it i'll say this it might be beneficial to have to have the option of moving him off the ball more I'm not it's just like the thing is if he's off the ball you're also not getting the passing as much, I don't think. Mm -hmm. Or maybe you do, assuming you move the ball around a lot, like a pass-happy type of offense. Um, But it might be something to think about if only to, like, change it up and see how he does with it.
0: Without the threat of a jump shot, you almost can't have him off the ball though, right? Because I'd I'd just sag off. And I guess it's scary with Ben Simmons... coming with, like, a head full of steam, but, you know, just wrap him up and make him shoot free throws.
1: Well, like, the thing is, even, like, if we're gonna have ball, right, the thing that you do, assuming he doesn't have a jump shot to speak of, or at least refuses to use it, um, you have him cut. Mm. Or post up, or, like, play out of, like, the high post. Um, in which case, he might want to work on his post game some, just because, like, it would be useful at that point. you And you know, he's got somebody to learn from, you don't even go nowhere. It's like A and B, like, how do you do what you do? Yeah, Vincent has got a nice little hook, he got a nice little hook, though.
0: I guess if that's your only move, and I guess if you're one of the most athletic dudes in the league, you probably get that off pretty easy.
1: Hey, um, but he's also, I think I mentioned to you before we started, he's apparently um not going to participate in the Olympics so that he has time to work on his game which is cool but i'm also not entirely sh- like i'm not entirely sure what he's going to do like is he going to start shooting with his right hand like is he going to work is he going to like start taking mid-range jump shots yeah. it's like there are things he can add to his game but it's kind of like they all seem like they're going to involve getting a jumper really yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's what it should be. Just I don't even need you to get three-point line. I just need you to work on free throws and elbow extended. Like, if you can, if you can do that, I think that's lunch meat,
1: right? Yeah, it's like, cause at that point, you have to pick what you're going to... It's like, they don't necessarily have to guard him to the three, but it's just like, you can't back off him as far because at that point, it's just like, one step in and take the shot. And like, if he can hit it well enough, it's just like, it's just a bad decision. The worst decision in, like, a close game in crunch time or something. But, yeah.
0: Hey, not to cook Ben Simmons too much, but did you see the picture of, I think they're, like, at an All-Star game, and it's, like, LeBron,
1: James Hart. Oh, yeah, I did see that. I
0: did see that. And I'm watching him shoot. They're, like, what is that? Like, that is out of context. And with us adding whatever is actually happening there, that is one of the most disrespectful moments in the NBA history. Mm-hmm. For, for everybody to just be like, look at him, shoot, look at him, shoot, look this Like, that is, that makes me laugh so much. And to let me know that these dudes are still very human and mad childish for not helping that young man. It's like, just tuck your elbow in, babe. It's not that hard.
1: But apparently Ben Simmons is also not naturally left-handed. Mm. Um, apparently it was just, like, I don't exactly know the story because, like, at least with the stuff I was looking at, there were a couple different ones. With, like, mostly, it, it appears to more or less amount to, like, it was a thing that was kind of enforced with his stuff. Mm. Um. So, like, in theory, he could always try shooting with his dominant hand. It would feel awkward. Because he's been shooting with his left for so long, but I mean, hey, can't hurt.
0: Calvin, I got a quick question before we get out of here. Mm -hmm. If you're Philly,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: you're Daryl Moore, Mm -hmm. is Ben Simmons on his roster next year? Ooh, that is a good question. because I'll be honest with you, I think I'm on the side of having Vincent is still on this roster. You cannot... That is a all-defensive team member. Dude made All-NBA a couple years ago, and he's still... I don't even think he's 25 yet. Like, you can work with this, and I get that he has, what, almost $150 million over the next four years. Um... Which you already kind of capped off money-wise. You're not really going to get a better defender, and because everyone knows you probably got to get this man off the roster, I can't imagine there's someone who's going to give you like some type of value that feels right. Like I don't, I don't think you're about to get two first-rounders for Ben Simmons. And it's going to be, like, two first-rounders and a player. And I I can't think of a roster outside of, like, Miami that could really do something with Ben Simmons in terms of, like, just having the level of shooting around him that needs to be consistent enough. Like, I, I guess in the grand scheme of things, you could possibly do that with... Um, with like Golden State, but I don't think they're in the market for that. And then if we look at L.A., which people like keep bringing up, that's just a pipe dream. I don't even know why we ever talk about L.A. with these things ever. Uh, so it's just, it's it's a weird one, bro. I think I think they got to sit on it.
1: What about you? What you think? So okay, if I'm go off what I think. So given my limited understanding of Maury, right? I think there's a decent chance that Simmons isn't on the roster because just because, um, and like I might be wrong in this, but more he follows analytics a little bit more, and like just kind of the nature of a lot of analytics. They wouldn't like Ben Simmons isn't going to look amazing in analytics. Just kind of, just the nature of this, his style of play, um, like just not a not as offensively minded is like he probably should be even in somebody who like who you know is trying to facilitate um but like especially if he is like Maury and Doc have like have some discussions they need to have to figure out how to like get the most out of him and then they need to talk to Simmons right and get everybody on the same page um so it's possible I ultimately it's because you know we're on the outside looking in. It's a wait and see, but it's it's possible he's he's back. I'd like to see him back, but like I don't know. Yeah.
0: All right, let's go ahead and wrap that one up and get into some much better news. Please tell me you watched Game One of rest of the Western Conference Finals because. I've been saying this pretty much since round one, but Devin Booker is here and he is one of the most lethal scorers that we have in this league, which has already been said, but nah, nah, I think I'm still completely right where I think we can have a, uh, a mid level point guard and this team still be really good because of Devin Booker. Hmm. I wish I could
1: say I watched it. Like it's, I did not, but, like, I heard about it. I I know Booker got his first triple-double in a playoff win against the Clippers, granted, without Kawhi, but they were also without Chris Paul, so it, you know, exactly. it more or less evens out. Um, but, I don't know, it was both kind of surprising and, like, I'm glad they won. Like, I'm I'm not really sure what I was expecting if I'm honest.
0: Uh I'll be honest with you, man. I this is exactly what I expected in a weird way. This is this is gonna be a high scoring game and this is one of the only rosters that has like even without Chris Paul has three dudes that can really go. Like Mikhail Bridges is an athletic scorer who's also the best defender that they have on that roster. And then you got Jay Crowder who's like super solid as a defender and he can make open threes. We got superstar Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton is one of the best big men in the league. Like I, I, I feel weird saying it. Like I'm a tad bit hesitant, but like, yeah, yeah. Like we, we've seen him like Outplay every big man who stacked up against them, like albeit Anthony Davis was injured, but before the injury, DeAndre Ayton was having really good games against him, and he's supposed to be a top caliber defender. Like I think this, I think this roster is going to be just fine. Like DeAndre Ayton really gets out there and run, like everything in. This team has not missed the beat. Well, okay, I'm doing too much by saying that. This team has even looked really good under a heavy load of minutes of campaign. And I get it, Cameron Payne is not the same dude that he used to be. But when I talk about mid level point guards, I think we're talking about like a campaign type guy. And if that's their number one facilitator right now, like.
1: Fairness campaign is better than he used to be. So, like.
0: That man's still mid.
1: I'm not he's, saying he's not, but, like, you're not going to have people saying he's not an NBA player anymore. True, but that does not make you not mid. It doesn't, but, like, it's My still opinion, a massive step well, up. <laughs> mid is a massive step up from where he was. Yes. it we'll take
0: that. And, like, and this was even with, um, like, the Clippers having a really good game. Like, I think... I think we're probably done seeing Kawhi unless he comes back for like game six, seven type thing. Cause it sounds like he has a torn ACL. Yeah. yeah. So I I really I even though Chris Paul's not gonna
1: play, I think Chris Paul still has a chance to of getting a ring, yeah. I thought Chris Chris Paul was out because of like COVID protocol stuff. He is, but I think
0: this this I think the Suns are still gonna make it out of the West. Like even without him. And I wouldn't have been able to say this even a week ago. Like I I think they can do it. Uh, now we're gonna be looking kind of funny when they uh when they either have to if they play if they gotta play the Hawks, I think they definitely got the dub. I think they definitely got the dub. If they have to play Greek Freak, we gonna see. Because that is a load to handle, and I'm not sure if Aiden's going to be able to do it. I don't think they got to. Uh, the way Sarge was getting beat up against uh, by DeMarcus Cousins, I know for a fact that they're not going to be able to have that man on the floor like that. But like maybe on the offensive end, he's going to be able to do something. But as far as like defensive strategy, no, Giannis is, Giannis is going to beat that man's brains in, and I, I feel bad for it, to be honest with you. It's going to be good basketball, though. Boy, it's
1: going to be
0: good basketball. Actually, a shout-out to DeMarcus Cousins for brutalizing that man in the first game, and then quickly picking up like three fouls in the second half.
1: Okay, is that why he only played like 13 minutes? Because I saw a thing where like he had a bunch, he had like 10 points in like five minutes or something. it's so yeah, and- like threes, and then, like, I look at the, you know, the box score, and it's just, like, he played 13 minutes. It's just, like, what?
0: Yeah, bro. It
1: was it was literally that, I want to say that
0: first quarter, they had Sarge on him, and he was just muscling Sarge. He dunked on him. He hit that three, and it was, like, it was really quick, and then they sat him for, like, a quarter, and he came back and just start picking up those fouls, and they were, like, and you could see how, like, on Twitter, how the conversation changed where he's like, "Oh, this is the DeMarcus Cousins game," and then he started picking up the fouls, and everybody was like, "Come on now!" I was like, "Hey, we we still gonna clap about the 13 points because this man was going in. Like it was like it didn't look vintage, Demarcus Cousins, but it looked like, uh, oh, you you might you might have some good run during this series, and it's surprising because you haven't had done much this entire run to the playoffs, and it's okay." torn Achilles. We'll let you slide. You're a different dude, but you're still a very grown man compared to these other grown men.
1: Um, I got I would like to see them. Hmm. I guess there's just various dudes still around that I'd kind of like to see get rings. But like, there can be only one, as it were. And it's probably not going to be the Clippers. Uh, not without, uh, unless unless Paul George pulls this basically the same stuff that KD pulled in the series against the Bucks and like they still lost. Yeah,
0: let's let's move on to that that sad moment. Please tell me, did you see the shots that he made? Well, Mm-mm. the shot that he made.
1: I've I've heard. Wait, was it like he was too far back or too far forward or what? His foot was literally
0: on the line. Like when he hit the shot, I thought that uh whoever put the the point on the ticker got it wrong. Cause I was like, that's that's definitely a three. And then you go back and you see like the picture, and his the tip of his shoe is literally on the line. It is it's like it hurt my heart as a KD fan to see it. Cause it was like the shot. Was stupid. Like, do you remember seeing like during Dame's fifty five game where he just made he was making like stupid turnaround spin turnaround three pointers from the top of the key? KD did the same exact thing in first one, nothing but that ended, and I was like, oh, okay, this is the, this is the, this is it, this is it, let's go. And then he had this. Instead of, like, going for overtime, which I would have almost preferred him to do, like, get to the rack, make them foul you, do it that way, he tried the same exact shot in the air ball. And I guess I am – this is a hindsight 2020 type thing where I would have preferred him to go in in and just, like, take it to overtime. You already been cooking, But I guess you you also played 53 minutes. I don't want to play another 53. Let's go ahead and get out of here. Um, uh, so, like, seeing him airball that, that one's, like, you, you had a valiant fight. Those last two games, those are, those are all-time games. Like, people talking about these are, those are two games that, like, are trajectory-defined. Like, you know how we always talk about, like, your rings aren't real, blah, 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 stupid stuff that don't really matter? That's... Literally why we've almost had to wait five years to appreciate this man the way we've been appreciating him for the past 48 hours. But uh no man, Kevin Durant is by far the best thing we have in this league, especially with old man LeBron finally setting in. Like he'll come back and be 280 and shut me up. But uh nah. This is this is KD's league, and I'm I'm glad we get to see this for at least another three more years. Cause He's 32, and I get he is the silkiest scorer that we've probably ever seen, but I also don't know... I I know exactly what that looks like going forward, but I don't know if he's going to be able to do it, you know? Like, especially these two games where this man he, he played 48 minutes the game prior, then he played 53 the next game. Like... That's not my goal but oh, that's that's my favorite player bro easy easy
1: hmm like the thing is one i it does sound like games that would i I would have enjoyed watching even though like I'm currently unable but um i I don't know like it's it was cool even to just, like, hear about some of these games, like, in the playoffs for large, we're just like, it's like, KD did what? Like, 50-something, it's like 50-something points, like, 11 assists, 11 rebounds, or something. And, like, they pulled off a win, and, like, he was the only one of their, it's just like, it's somebody, and, like, who, like, is not a Nets fan for reasons I'm pretty sure I've articulated before. Just like, you look at the Bucks, like, you allowed this to happen. Not even like, you let KD get what he did, just like, you let them win? But like, um, you know, it's a reminder of how good KD is, which is, he, when he needs to be, he can be amazing. Um, but it was always kind of an uphill battle without the other two people that made the team go because like he's basically just trying to outscore a team. And like like that's that that's the way the Net the Nets win games. They don't out defend you, they outscore you. That's their only real hope. Um, side note, something I thought about before immediately rejecting it as ridiculous as we we're talking, is like Simmons being traded to the Nets, but like that that the reason it won't work is like the nets have nothing at this point um outside of like Harden, Irving and Durant. So like that wouldn't work off principle, but it's a fun th- it's a fun thought experiment.
0: I agree with you. They would definitely have to come up off Harden for that one. But um I'm going to wrap it up with this. KD took that game six in every single bucket he scored was probably some of the best defense I've ever seen anybody play on Kevin Durant. Like, I don't know a single player that no player comes to mind who has been able to block KD's jump shot the way Chris Middleton has and no one has been able to move Kevin Durant from his normal spots the way P.J. Tucker has like that is going to be a very dynamic duo defensively that now that I think about it I really want them to make it to the um, make it out of the East so they can play Devin Booker and just to kind of see what Devin Booker does against that cause, because he got a mean scoring package I just want to know what it's like when he has like two monstrous defenders draped on him, especially considering, like, P.J. Tucker is about that man's size. Like, that's gonna be a really fun thing to watch. Let's go ahead and move on to the second week of villainy of the NCAA, who is finally getting called out legally, basically on antitrust things, since they are trying to limit the college athletes. Who were trying to make money off their name name emission likeness?
1: I mean this particular thing was actually kind of narrow. It was just about whether or not the NCAA could limit um what was the exact terminology? Basically, like the I guess academic related benefits or whatever an athlete could get. So, like, for example, your school giving you like a free laptop or something. Yeah. And the court was like no, the, the the NCAA can't do this, and also, and like, the fascinating thing is that like, well, two things are fascinating. One, it was a unanimous decision, um, which fascinates me because like, I I don't have much faith in the conservative judges and Clarence Thomas in particular. I I I I'd figured there was one person who would be like, you know what, yes, the NCAA can do this. It'd be him, but no, it wasn't, and it's just like. Well, look at you not embarrassing the human race for once. Um, But also, Kavanaugh wrote a concurring opinion that, which, and while concurring opinions don't really hold much legal weight, um, his his basic thing was more or less amounted to, like, because the decision was kind of narrow. It was just about that. It wasn't so much about, like, whether or not schools could pay players or what have you. Um, but, like, basically, he's just, like, a lot of the NCAA's compensation rules probably won't hold up in a, like, hold up in a court for real. It's just, like, the, it's, like, this is not, you you probably can't do this. And kind of, like, so, you know, at some point, someone, especially if the NCAA drags its feet about, like, the name, image, and likeness stuff you're probably going to see another court case. And, like, someone will try and make it get up to the Supreme Court. Um, Also, of course, as usual, the NCAA is dragging its feet on the name, image, and likeness. Because, of course, they are with Emirates saying something or other about trying to do something about that. But, like, schools are already moving that way anyway. It's not... And, like, you weren't doing much of anything important before. It's not like they're going to take you that seriously now. Like... You couldn't even enforce the rules that you, you didn't even, you, you both couldn't and didn't enforce the rules that you had beforehand. Why would we take you seriously now? Like, especially when, like, legally in, mul- in multiple states at this point, our, like, our folks can do this. So, like, you know, you have, I know Cincinnati, um, University of Kentucky, and probably a couple others already have various things for, for like, their athlete's name, image, and likeness stuff. Uh, I'm yeah, I, 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 like there's no there's no smooth tail off for this.
0: I know. Uh, I think that's great.
1: I'm gonna be real with you. I think we need to go
0: ahead and get this generation's uh, Ed O'Bannon to pop up out of somewhere and go ahead and sue these people again. Uh, I'm not saying this because I got a bunch of money or any investment in here, but hearing that they um, that a lot of their practices will not hold up in court, mm, run it. Run it. Like, I'm really, I'm really always going to be okay with uh, taking out, I would, I would usually say the big boss, but they feel like the middle man, almost. Like, you just seem like that weird dude that's like, hey, that ain't, that's not how we do things. It's like, why can't we do things differently now? It's like, I don't got a good reason for that. So, just know you can't. And uh, that's not a good enough answer for me. So let's let's go ahead and let's go
1: ahead and sue. So. I mean, it'll probably happen, especially with the way the NCAA fails to handle things. Um, it's gonna be but, somebody
0: who play water polo. Watch.
1: Look. <laughs> it's like I've see like I've glanced at whole articles talking about how the like rights deals for the you know. The bas- like, basketball, like, men's basketball and football kind of threw everybody else under the bus and, like, just kind of threw them in. It's like sweeteners or whatever. So, like, it, I guess this kind of gets away from the main thing, which is that, like, the NCAA can no longer control, exact like, a lot of what schools give their athletes anyway at this point. Even though, like, it's very kind of a limited thing, right? It's just, like, like, you can't control if they give their kid a book stipend or whatever, right? Yeah. But, um But, like, um, you it's just, like, the thing is, because, like, you see with a lot of some, some of the stuff, various worries about, like, if you actually pay athletes, like, you know, what about, you know, all them sports that don't make money? Like, there are sports that don't make any money for real, and, like, there are program, like, athletic programs that, like, don't, that, like, lose money and whatnot, mind you, some of that, um, is, um, creative accounting, um, such as, like, counting as an expense, the fact that, like, your facility got a year older, I mean, if you take that out, they may or may not be, still be, like, losing money or what have you, but it's just, like, some of it's what we refer to as creative accounting, or, like, I'll refer to it as such, but, just like because but it's like you know you throw everything else in and sweeteners they don't make the kind of money that they might have been able to make they had their own tv deal for like baseball or softball or like women's basketball like now water polo i I don't think there's much money in water polo if i'm honest but like I, i don't know shoot but there, there's certainly some money in, like, women's basketball and baseball and softball. Like.
0: Just assuming, based off the demographic of water polo and the teams, and the schools that I know have water polo teams, they got some bank. Even if it has to be bankrolled by the, uh, either the players themselves or the parents, they, they got no money. They can make something happen. But also do not want to watch people slap each other slap box in water for an hour, so we'll never know. Calvin, do you have anything you would like to add? I think we're about done with this one.
1: so let me let me look at my stuff. um the only two things really um Boston traded uh Kimball Walker to. Uh, OKC for all right. So, the exact trade is Kimball Walker and the number 16 pick in this draft and a 2025 second round pick for Al Horford, Moses Brown, and a 2023 second.
0: Yeah, hey, I'm gonna be real with you. I do not fully understand why OKC made this trade. Um, I don't know if you watched like Moses Brown over the year. But he has gotten significantly better and was a really solid young big for basically nothing. Like the value that he brings is he's gonna outpay that outplay that contract like really soon. And I am assuming that um OK OK OKC knows something that we don't because he was like he was giving them good minutes, and I guess this is the issue was probably this was an audition year more than anything, but um and they retrader for al horford i don't I don't really get that one either, but I guess Moses Brown is like defensively a match for what they do like he'll get out there and run he'll play defense he can put get put backs, solid screens so like i this feels like a win win for both teams because we get the OKC gets to hoard more draft picks. Like, I don't know if you've seen what their possibilities are for, like, the draft this year. Like, there's a chance that they could get two top five. Like, when we look at the numbers, it's not super high. But, you know, I'm an OKC fan, so I'm always going to lean towards the impossible. They can walk around. They could leave with two, two top five picks. The 16, I believe they also have the 18. Mm-hmm. Like, this would be a really good cleanup in this draft. And I think the more the most likely one is it's going to be two top 10 picks and plus they'll have that 16,
1: which is still a pretty good cleanup. I mean, if they use them right anyway. I think one of those,
0: we'll see with like how the lottery falls out. But something tells me they're going to mess around and get, like, the sixth pick. And the sixth pick is going to be someone like Scotty Barnes, who is a really, really good defender and young prospect. And I trust that staff enough to get him right. And then the rest of the guys who will be in that role are going to be, like, high-level role players. Like, this is... This is a range like Moses Moody is supposed to be in. Where it's gonna be a dude that can shoot and play defense, which is gonna be perfect for that roster. Because why not have another athletic shooting guard that can also play defense? Like they already have like solid defenders add to the bag. And then at sixteen, maybe you find somebody you try to trade up and get back into the lottery, but it's still gonna be a dude that you can take a flyer on at 16 that nobody else really it, everybody else isn't as high, but you you could just gamble with it. Now I, I like it if then like I was saying earlier with the Celtics, they can go ahead and get a better front court, which they need, quite frankly, even though Tristan Thompson was like really good this year. I appreciate Tristan Thompson's game.
1: Hmm. Okay. Um Oh yes. Um a reminder to everybody, even though I'm reminding them like th- these come out on Wednesday, right? Yeah, like by the I'm reminding them about something that's go that will have happened by the time this comes out. But um the draft lottery is two is tomorrow. Tomorrow being Tuesday. Um I completely forgot until I saw something reminding me about it. Um I do we have a first round pick this year? I, I don't even remember. You talking about Memphis? Yeah. No one cares. It's, you don't <laughs> care, but um, it's like I, I don't even remember. But it's like they found they've been good about finding players though, so yeah. I'm not super worried. But you know, we get to find out who's drafting uh, Cunningham, Cade Cunningham. Uh, and that'll be fun for whoever gets him. And you know, there's still good players after him. Oh, uh, yeah. What Jalen Suggs, Jalen Green. Um, I am missing somebody.
0: John Kaminga, Evan Mobley. Yes, thank you. All going to be really good. Def- all bro, this this is low key a good defensive draft as far as I'm concerned. Like it's a lot of dudes that have the potential to be like. If not world beaters on defense, at the bare minimum, dudes that are going to cause problems throughout their career. Yeah. Uh, Hey, you know what I also appreciate? This is the first, well, yeah, this is the first NBA draft where I have a lot of game footage on the guys that are coming out of here. Like I got to cover the EYBL in twenty eighteen and I saw uh Jonathan Kamiga play the Texas Titans and they had Cade Cunningham and um Mike Brown. Like this is this is gonna be fun, bro. This is gonna be a good night on Twitter when uh, when the draft roll around, bro. I'm I'm gonna have footage for it. And I got I got Footage of uh, Evan Mobley when they came down to Dallas for a uh, Adidas event. Like this,
1: we gonna have we gonna we gonna have it popping, yeah. Um, and the yeah. other thing I kind of wanted to touch on, even though, like I, I feel like I've mentioned it, even though like I'm not sure we've talked about it. And for, in some respects, I'm not sure what exactly there is to talk about. But like a lot of NBA players are declining to play in the in this year's Olympics i know um lebron has declined uh well, lebron's de- lebron's declined uh Jokic has declined um simmons is apparently gonna decline um who else like there have been a lot a surprisingly high number of players right um there are some players of course who have signed up um bradley Beal and devin booker are both gonna yeah. be there. Uh bam out of bio. James Harden just
0: got the yeah, uh,
1: James Harden and K D. Yeah.
0: Oh, and KD?
1: Yeah, apparently, yeah. Yeah,
0: Damon's gonna be there too.
1: Um it's gonna be a nice little roster, yeah. I don't know what for, we, for us, I, I but like it might be kind of thin like it's been kind of surprising how many players have been like, you know what? Nah I'm not gonna be go to the Olympics.
0: Yeah. we this roster still gonna be
1: stacked. <laughs> Yeah, ours is. Other other countries aren't going to be quite as lucky. but.
0: Hey, that gold's still going to taste the same when they bite it. it don't matter. <laughs> <laughs> and this is this Vermont. This gives me 2012 vibes. You remember when they were just out here destroying everybody? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it's m- mid-game asking for autographs. You down by 55. I like, get it. The game is over, but, like,
1: There's two minutes left, bro. Wait. (laughs) Um, But also, the Olympics is still happening, which okay, I guess. I mean, hey, look.
0: 2021, gotta throw all your marketing materials away, but
1: hey! That's not a
0: problem we had.
1: I like watching the Olympics. It's just like, you know, like a pandemic and like Apparently, it's kind of bad in Japan at the moment. Yeah. It was just like... But also, apparently, their contract is set up so that, like, Japan can't technically doesn't get the option to cancel it. Oh, nice.
0: It didn't sound like they was going to cancel it anyway, because I remember, like, a few months back when it was starting to get bad, they were like, no, nah, this is still happening. Don't really care what the rest of y'all think. This, this finally has to happen.
1: No, I was just watching something, but apparently... Yeah, they don't... Technically... Japan doesn't get to decide if it happens or not. It's on the I guess the Olympic committee decision mm-hmm. or something. And of course they've got no reason to like be like, let's cancel this because it might make people die. Yeah. Yeah. Hey,
0: to end this podcast on a cheery note. <laughs> I'ma say this now. AGP, the Atlantic Greek picnic missed a glorious opportunity by not having by not having AGP sometime in June because the bull the way the Hawks are rolling they would have made so much money and it would have been so fun imagine the imagine the Eastern Conference finals in AGP around the same
1: time that would that would be that would be interesting. I would, there'd be a lot going on. Look, in that whole roster is still
0: really young, so there's a high chance that some of them pull up too? I would have been ignorant. It would have been ignorant. We can't have everything, though. Sad face. Mm-hmm. All right, Calvin, let's go ahead and wrap this bad boy up again. Thank you for tuning in. I have been your host,
1: Alan Pettigrew Jr., and my man's in front of me he can go ahead and sign out for us. Uh, once again, of course, I'm Calvin McGowan. And as always, it's been a pleasure to be here. Thank you for sticking with us to the end. Um, of course, if you're joining us on YouTube, you know, the whole like, the obligatory like, share, and subscribe thing that everybody has to do on that platform. Um, if, And of course, you can listen to us wherever you listen to your podcasts. Um, and yeah, enjoy the rest of your week. Yeah, and actually like share and subscribe,
0: damn it.